Every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Sproul. Welcome to First Draft. I'm Chris Sproul with Todd McShay, the Mel Kuyper Jr. We have fresh, fresh meat to work with here, Mel. I'll let you jump in on all of Todd's clear miscues later. But we have a fresh mock draft here. Todd's first of the year, always fun, always open to a month of scrutiny before Mel gets one. That's really... Really nice of you, Todd. But uh, the first one came out yesterday. Todd, you did a lot of TV, but we get to go a little. We get to go a little deeper here today, and I just want to start off the top with the surprise. If you would have done this in August, which is which is the rise of Joe Burrow, and I guess the thing that stands out to me is the tape's all there for this year, and if you focus mm-hmm. on this year, you see a you see a number one pick in the 2020 NFL draft. I guess I was curious as you were putting this together and as you're doing your ratings in talking to people around the league who've watched this guy over two years, how they're able to kind of compartmentalize and forget what they saw last year and instead focus on what this guy did this year and working with Joe Brady and where that metamorphosis happened and how this guy has risen this far. You know, how, how, have, how have you looked at it? Yeah, it, it, it took a while for me, probably longer than, than for Mel. And just just watching him this year, he was a different quarterback than he was a year ago. So the, the question then becomes why. And it, it's easy to say Joe Brady comes in and, and the system and all and all of those things. I think part of it, too, is he had a, a, an offensive line that protected him better. Mm-hmm. I think that he had a, a better running attack with um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who, who has had a phenomenal season. I think his young receivers grew up a little bit. And you go back to the system, something that he was, he really, in the off season, he bought in and the confidence was there. He had spent that first season, you know, coming from Ohio State as like the 17th quarterback on the depth chart there behind a bunch of unbelievable players and finally deciding, you know what, I want to go play somewhere. He gets to LSU and he's just trying to kind of fit in. He's he's tasting the gumbo, you know. He's he's trying to go through everything and and make sure that he's not forcing leadership on everybody else. And then this year he was the guy. And so you add all of those things together, and and you see what we we saw from Burrow. Now, you talk to guys in the league. I Mel, I'm sure you do, and, mm-hmm. and I've talked to a bunch of guys this year. Some guys are completely sold on him. And other guys think he's, and I've, I mentioned it yesterday, I, they think he's kind of an Andy Dalton. You know, he's just a, kind of middle of the road. He's going to be average in, yeah. in the league. So I I think he's better than that. And what, what I see on tape is a player who has special pocket presence, who understands feeling pressure, how to maneuver within the pocket, how to, how to get the ball out. He can run if he, if he needs to. He's more mobile than your, your average pocket passer, if you will. And then the anticipation he has and the ball placement that he has this year has been special, but it's so much better than a year ago that it's, it's really hard to, to grasp at times, Mel. 
Yeah, and I think what you said, Todd, is exactly the way you have to look at it for the Bengals. What you said is you talk to people, and some said Andy Dalton. Now, I think Jake Fromm's more Andy Dalton, but uh, if they want to say that, that's their opinion. That's fine. Uh, but that's why you can't automatically say the Bengals are a lock to take Joe Burrow, because we don't know what the Bengals think about Joe Burrow. They don't know yet, because they haven't gone through the whole process yet. So if it comes to a certain point that they say, yeah, we like Burrow, we don't love him, you can't take mm-hmm. him. Yeah, you have to love Joe Burrow to take him over Chase Young. So to make this point, they they should take Burrow. No, the only way they should take Burrow is that they feel he's a franchise quarterback. And that's not going to be every team agreeing on that. It's not going to be a consensus franchise guy for 32 teams. It's not going to be that way. So what do the Bengals think about Burrow is the only thing that matters here. So we can't definitively say they're going to love him. We don't know that. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But in terms of Burrow, I think the improvement – was so unbelievable. And you look to Joe Brady, and there's no question that Saints influence, but they have said that nobody could have expected any quarterback to be able to figure this offense out and go right. through and do what he's done, getting the ball to all these receivers, managing this offense, and taking it to that level right away. Drew Brees is 40 years old in this offense. This offense became completely different. Last year, their leading rusher, Nick Brossett, caught 17 passes. Edwards Hilaire caught 11. Edwards Hilaire caught 50 passes out of the backfield this year. The receivers were dropping balls. They were much more consistent. Keep in mind, Chase and Marshall were true freshmen last year. So these Mm -hmm. guys all developed. Charles at left tackle emerged. Okay, all these things came together. And I think also for three years, he didn't do anything at Ohio State. He had three years. He didn't do anything. So last year, he was just trying to figure out college football again as a rookie. Uh, you know, yep. as a as a young quarterback, who, even though he wasn't young age wise, he was young from a a, uh, a a maturity standpoint as a quarterback and a and a experience standpoint. So all those things contributed to him becoming what he is. And I understand it. You could say he's a one year wonder. He went from fifty seven and changed to seventy eight percent. I said yesterday, Todd, we were doing a show. He had. It was six games over 79%. He had zero games over 79% last year. In fact, two games were at 45%. He had seven, six, seven games under 57%. Eight games under 57% last year. He had none under 71% this year. He had 11 of 13 games with three or more touchdowns. So I, I, I think, and I got into 16 back in like October or early October. So I'll move them up to six. And then you keep moving them up a little more and you get to see the competitiveness and the smarts and all that. And yes, he needs to fill out a little bit from a frame standpoint, but uh, yeah. We'll see what Cincinnati. If, I'll tell you what. If Cincinnati doesn't take him, somebody very early is going to gobble this guy up. Uh, you could you could tell early on, and I I fought it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I fought it because I sat in a room with him for forty five minutes and talked to him, and he's you know he's kind of a different cat, and he doesn't care, which I, I like <laughs> about him. But when but when when he's playing at a fifty percent completion percentage level. And he's acting like that. You're like, eh, I'm just not so sure about this guy. And it then would rub you the wrong way. Then, yeah, yeah. And then this year, it's like you could even see. I just watching on television, which I I rarely ever get anything from, but just watching him in pregame, the like the way he was warming up and the uh, the confidence he had, he just looked like a different human being. He really did, and it, you could tell the maturity and the development that he had. In one year, I, I'm curious of this this question because I ask myself this a lot, and I, I have over the last few weeks. Tua Tungavailoa, Alabama quarterback, if he's 100 percent healthy, doesn't have the hip injury, 
He doesn't play after the first quarter of that Mississippi State game. Mm-hmm. Who goes first? That's the great debate. That's a great question because that would have been like the – I'm going to even throw Mayfield in. We were debating Allen and Darnold, remember, that whole time. It was Josh Allen, yep. Sam Darnold. It was Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. We go back in time, you know, RG3, and Andrew Luck, and that, yeah. Wentz and yep. Golf. I mean, it goes back to when, when – when, you know, you go back to even earlier than that to all these other years where there's always been that debate. As Now the debate's not there because of the durability concern with two of the three lower extremity injuries. Takes him out of that equation. It makes it a little easier because, Todd, what you don't – it's hard. It's always good, I think, to take the quarterback that falls to you because then it's there, nobody's ever going to question. When you got to make a choice between two or three quarterbacks, it's not easy. It's not easy to try to figure that all out. So now it's a little bit more defined. Burrow's one, Tua you can't take because of the durability. So you put you love him, but you move him down a little bit. Then Justin Herbert easily settles into three. Although some people may like Herbert a little better because they're going to roll the dice on that great physical talent. And then after that, we'll get into all those other guys. But I think when you're right, Tua had he been healthy all year, there would have been probably people who said. Now a lot of depends on the big games. Because, you know, how do they do in the, on the biggest stage? And you think about, too, he came in, he threw the touchdown pass to Smith. Didn't go well late last year, but he wasn't 100%. And we want to see Joe Burrow in these, hopefully for them, two big stage games. One coming up against Oklahoma and one against the Ohio State Clemson winner. And I think those two games will kind of cement how you feel about Burrow, because that's what you want to see. How does he's got the talent? He's going up against good football teams, even though Oklahoma's defense isn't. But then he gets to Clemson, Ohio State, and it'll be a little bit different. But how does he deal with a team that's almost a two touchdown favorite, expected to win a national title? How does he deal with these these two big games coming up? I think will allow all of us, Todd, to kind of figure this out a little bit more. You know what's great? Yeah, here's about the hard part. Go ahead. The Todd. hard part for me is if you're if you're going over the career. And the kind of the big picture of it all, Tua would be my guy. If you're just evaluating this year's tape, if you you know if you're dropped onto this planet and mm-hmm. said, okay, watch these twelve games, watch these twelve games, who's better, and 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 have context of who they're playing because LSU, I I thought had a, a tougher schedule and and tougher circumstances throughout the season. Burrow's the guy. Right, I mean, Burrow consistently played at a higher level than Tua did, and Burrow has really good weapons. Tua's got, I mean, that that might be the best wide receiver <laughs> core in the history of yeah. college football, and I, I don't say that lightly. I've gone back and I've I, I went and studied the common draft back to '67, and there's never been a group with three wide receivers who have a chance to go in the first round. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but there's a chance that that could happen with, with the Alabama guys. So it, it is a real difficult debate, and the durability certainly makes it easier to pull the trigger on Burrow. But Tua has a chance to be special if he gets back to 100%. But, it, it, but if his hip isn't right, and then he loses that that twitchiness, as I've talked about a lot, he's, he reminds me of Drew Brees. He's, Brees plays the game with such, like, snap such quickness yeah, it gets the head around so quick yeah yeah and his yeah. feet are always yeah. tied with his eyes and everything's so quick and if he loses a little bit of that is he going to be the same player yeah, that's well, the you big watch, yeah, he has a left-handed breeze. That's a great comp. I think that's the best comp because he really does see the field like that. He is around what six feet tall, Todd. You would think. 
Yeah, right six, 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 one. Yep, six, exactly. like Rep Breeze was, right at six feet. Yep. Uh, doesn't have the great arm. Breeze didn't have the great arm coming out of Purdue. Breeze is the all-time, all-time career leader in completion percentage. We saw him almost the whole perfect game Monday night going 29 for 30, which was amazing because a lot of those throws were tough throws that he made. He had one call back for a penalty I didn't see on offensive pass interference on the, on the receiver, Traquan, uh, yep. Smith. I don't, I just think when you look at, at the third quarterback, Todd, and Chris was probably, Ironically, we haven't discussed the kid with the most talent. And the most talent, if you could draw up the perfect quarterback from a size, arm strength, athletic ability, intelligence standpoint, classroom intelligence, uh, that would be Justin Herbert from Oregon. But we're sitting here not even discussing him yet. You know, guys, the the fun thing about the last couple of years, and we've had it before, um, you know, we've had the Cam Newton year where there was a year where you're like, who is this guy? Oh, he's going to be the number one pick. Where the last couple of years, if anybody says, well, this is Joe Burrow, he's only got one year of tape, you go, guys, look at who was taken number one the last couple of years. We got a kid who walked on twice, going 1-1, Baker Mayfield, who, I don't know what yep. he measured, Todd, six o o four. Kyler Murray was a baseball player until the combine last year, and he went 1-1. So don't tell me something weird can't happen at the top of the draft board when it comes to quarterbacks. No, the difference this year, Sproul, is... We actually got to see, I don't know, 13 games, I think yep. it was, for LSU last year, playing against SEC competition, yep. and all of us, I mean, from general managers to Kuiper to me to, you know, anyone who's sitting on the couch watching was like, yeah, he's fine, he's He's a solid. He's a solid quarterback. quarterback. We, that we can live be, with him for another so, year if we have, have to. Been stretching it, Todd. I think that might have even been stretching it. He, yeah, he yeah, like, nothing he's to get okay. excited about. He's Danny Etling. He had sixteen yeah. touchdown passes, guys. He had sixteen touchdown passes the entire year. He had he thirty-eight him, this year. Mel, you've been doing this for a hundred years, right? A hundred, like <laughs> yep, ninety-five, yes. something 97. like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever seen a quarterback who you you've had a full like a full sample size at not FCS not small school but full sample size at the highest level from one year to the next make this big of a jump? No, it's never happened before, and it never will again. I don't think because this is a fifth year senior. Yeah. When do we ever think in this era of guys coming out as third year sophomores, juniors, that we would have a fifth year right. senior be the like? What is he doing? Joe Burrow's can, older than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you exactly. You can see that. Even my wife Kim brought that up, and like she doesn't follow hey, any scout. of this. And she said, "Do you realize how young Lamar Jackson is? You know the Heisman Trophy." And she knew it because she now watched the Heisman ceremony. Now we know where the smarts said, come from, <laughs> Sproul. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. But you know, it's, it is kind of crazy, and it is great. I think for what we're talking about, it's a great story. Uh, but I think it happened for reasons. He was at Ohio State. He couldn't play. He goes to LSU. Then he's now a fifth year senior. That's just the way it happened. But I think you're right. I think you, you can't just dismiss it and say now you could, and maybe some teams will. And remember, a lot of the teams that will dismiss him as just a one-year guy may not have any They have no interest in a quarterback. We want to see what are the teams that have an interest in the quarterback. Mm-hmm. How do they feel about Joe Burrow? How do they feel about Tua's durability? How do they feel about Herbert's inconsistency at, at times? Some head-scratching throws and some head-scratching decisions is the why we don't have Justin Herbert up there. Yet I hear people, Todd, in the media this year that say, yep. Clear-cut number one quarterback that I've seen in a couple of games I've watched is Justin Herbert. Wow, yeah. what an arm! I well, haven't talked to anyone run. in the league who who thinks the same, and and I don't I I like him. I cut. I had him in a game. I sat in a room with him and talked to him for a while. He is a very intelligent young man. Okay, 
his teammates love him. Yep. He's a big-time competitor, but he's an acquired taste. He is he's introverted. He's the most introverted quarterback I've ever been around who has a chance to be a first-round draft pick. Now, you, you look at him, and he's 6'5"-ish, somewhere in that range, 230, um, yep. rifle arm. I, we went out to practice on Friday, and it was just – you know how the Friday practice is, just kind of throwing mm-hmm. the ball around. It's not it barely even seven-on-sevens. It's just the first team versus the, the scout team. But the ball just screams off of his hand. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful just, thing, it, isn't it? <laughs> it is so it, – it, it's, like, seductive, you know? It's so easy to to just fall in love with it. And I love the way he competed in in the game. And I love the like the way everyone talks about him, except for the fact that he's just not that outgoing personality. And I just wonder. I I honestly don't know because I I don't have I don't have any reference or, or background looking back at all the quarterbacks, thinking of like who's the guy who's introverted and sits in the corner during meetings and lets the offensive lineman talk. Teddy Bridgewater got a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's I don't, fair. I don't, I'm not saying I don't know if it was no, no, fair. No, no, that's fair. That's 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 fair. Yeah, Mariota had a little bit of that yep. too, though, coming oh, out of absolutely. Oregon. But but they're mm-hmm. they're different. They're different types. Like this, I don't know. He loves the game. He's passionate about playing the position and playing for Oregon. But it's just it's going to be interesting to see because there are a lot of people out there who don't like him because of it. He never, if you're honest with yourself, and as much as I want to love the guy. He never really took them to another level. But then you also have to look at the fact that Mario Cristobal came in and it's been successful. But the whole thing was offensive line, run the football, ground and pound, be more physical than the Chip Kelly regime and, and the old Oregon. So yeah. has yeah. he been allowed to open up and, and play the way that Burrow was allowed to play this year with Joe Brady? So there's just a lot of questions with Herbert. Yeah, who has the most talent of the three quarterbacks? It's Herbert. Herbert. As far as talent, talent. He, he's the most Physical. talented. And you can yeah. say, can he change? I remember shy, introverted, standing in the corner, never saying anything. That was me back when I was 23, 24. That was me. When You're I started. not anymore. Right, yeah, it changed. Just it changed. Down my board. At some point, it changed. <laughs> and the people in my neighborhood, Todd, my godmother, all the different people that were following me when I started, said, couldn't believe I was on TV talking the way I did. Is that the same right. person? What transformed him? The I shy kid? I can't wait until Herbert just, gets yeah. drafted and so, Mel's comp is Mel Kuyper. It may well be. And I, take the intelligence out of it. He's like, <laughs> I'm not no, take intelligence out of it. GPA, now, Justin Herbert's a genius. Certainly I wasn't. But, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But just from a that standpoint, you can change. You can evolve as a alone. person. McShay kind of really licked at that fuse when he came to ESPN. He guaranteed I wasn't going to be that way. But no, he maybe he needs yeah. What something they'll trigger that Todd and Chris, and maybe he'll become that alpha. You know, maybe he will. Uh, so I'm not going. You can't eliminate that. Like I said, I know how it is. I know how I felt worn through it, and I became a different yeah. person. So it can happen. The light can go on. So, but if it all comes together, boy, you may have something special there. Hey, I want to. I want to jump down. The board a little bit because I think it was uh, Mel. You said earlier, uh-huh. you said take the quarterback who falls to you, and we have a team that's going to be sitting at number two or number three, the New York Giants. By the way, they're playing in what people are already calling the Chase Young Bowl this week against the Washington <laughs> Redskins. But the New York Giants 
have their quote unquote quarterback of the future if you believe Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the future. I know well, at least one on this, person on this, on this podcast on this broadcast does not is but not we'll get a big believer. A and so got my I blood want, pressure up yesterday. I want to throw out a hypothetical here, McShay, and I'll tell you. In so December. there are people are, that are going to say quite a too early for this time. <laughs> there are people that are going to say, okay. So say Washington picks second, and there goes Chase Young, and there's people that are going to say, well, we can't take a quarterback here because we have our guy. And I will say, well, what about last year when the Arizona Cardinals drafted a quarterback at number ten named Josh Rosen, and then the next year with a new coach, they just said, wait. This is the guy. We're going to take Kyler Murray one. So don't tell me it's unprecedented at the most important position to just prefer one guy over the other, which brings up the question, what if it is Tua? What if they're in love with Herbert? Is that a possibility, Todd? I mean, I think if you're if you're GM well, right I, now, you're already looking at quarterbacks, aren't you? Who's going to be in charge? Good question. Yeah. That's what I I'm mean, saying. If it, it's it, you, is it Gettleman? Who's Daniel the head Jones? coach? Right. It, it just... It, it matters who's in charge. Yep. So, okay, let's let's assume that who if it is Gettleman, then obviously Daniel Jones is going to be the guy. If they make a change at, at general manager and and have a totally different leadership structure, then then maybe that person comes in and says, you know what, I, I'm not buying in, and and I'm going to bring somebody in, and maybe they'll compete and they can they can fight for the position. So. I wouldn't completely rule it out, but I think, I think it's more likely than not, Mel, that they're going to try to give Daniel Jones at least another year or two to develop and 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 get used to the NFL and try to build the pieces around him. Well, yeah, yeah. Daniel Jones. Here's Jerry Judy. You know, I mean, that, yeah, that yeah. could be it too. Yeah, yeah. But before we get started, Kim told me last night I owe you an apology, Todd. So I will apologize. Well, I was you completely, do. I was completely out of line yesterday. Pod. I made a comment yesterday. Then you don't know what you're looking at. Well, that was a terrible comment. And I saw your eyes get big. Kim saw your eyes got huge when I said that. So it obviously hit you. Because I, I didn't mean it that way. I said, obviously, you're not seeing what I see. I didn't mean you don't know what you're seeing. But I, it came out wrong. So I do apologize. That was completely oh, okay. low blow, out of line, completely disgraceful. And I was told that. So Todd, I, no, I like don't, that ever, don't ever apologize. I like that you ever Mel, me. You know that. Because I, the producer told me that. I couldn't. I couldn't go back at you because we. Had the uh, oh, that's what I, I just. I felt bad. I really did feel bad because I taped and I watched. I said, "Geez, that was horrible." I heard that because what I meant was when you. I said, "Todd, did you see him this year?" And you said, "Yeah, I watched a couple games." I said, "Well, then you." They, I said, "Well, then you weren't seeing you what, what I was seeing," at. and it came out because I saw a guy, and I respect your opinions. You don't like Todd, uh, Daniel Jones, fine, but I think what you can't do is dig in and double down if you see things you like. And what I saw that I liked watching him every week was. And I try to do this with quarterbacks like Josh Allen. Because you're always going to have the I love to see the quarterback and watch him that has haters. And Josh Allen, as you know, Todd, you like Josh Allen. But yep. he had a lot of haters, okay? A lot yep, of haters. Yep. They're still hating on him because that creates their narrative, okay? And I think the one thing you got to be careful of, and I hear this about all the quarterbacks in the NFL. Some of them have had a lot of success. I'm still not sold on this guy. I'm still right. not sold on that guy. And we all have do? bias based yeah, off exactly. of our initial the evaluation. The, the politics comes into it. The bias comes into it. I totally agree, and I and try I, not to do that, I but agree. I'm, I'm human I, too. Yeah, just don't fall into that trap, because I've done it with a certain quarterback out of Notre Dame, and we all kind of do it, right? You battle till you can't battle anymore, right? You battle till mm -hmm. you can't. And But that's that, uh, something I think when you see the – and I agree the fumbles have to be corrected, but that's the case with all these young quarterbacks. I saw it here in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson as a 
rookie. Josh Allen's still dealing with that. Darnold had the fumble. Wentz had the, they all do. And when you don't get any help from the line, you hold the ball a little too long, fine. That will be corrected. Yep. But the completion percentage was up over 61%. He ran for first downs. He showed he's athletic and can move. He got, he had looked down that gun barrel and made some incredibly accurate throws with pressure right in his face. He didn't have his complement of receivers ever out there at one time together. His offensive line wasn't good and Barkley wasn't Barkley. But I think, I think the key there is Todd and Chris, when you look at saying somebody else comes in new, what is that locker room? Because in, in Buffalo, that locker room would do anything for Josh Allen. They love Josh yep. Allen. And you guys have seen that. How, and I had one NFL guy didn't like Josh Allen tell me the one thing I, I didn't get with Allen and I missed and this is why I missed on him I didn't realize how competitive he was and yep. I remember Craig Bowl telling Darian Oka myself he's the most competitive player I ever coached so I don't know how you miss that but you can everybody misses things but in terms of Daniel Jones if that locker room those players believe in Jones because we know how smart he is and we know he competes I think that's why you know whoever comes in has to realize and understand how does those players how do the players in that locker room feel about Daniel Jones if they love him and you love what you've seen you no, and I, I mean, uh, Tony Romo made a point too, Todd, during a game last year with Allen. It was a game against the Vikings uh, early in the year when they beat the Vikings. He said, "Throw the ball, make mistake. You learn every mistake you yeah, made in your rip. first. Make those mistakes. Fumble the ball, throw an interception, make a stupid play. Do something because everything's a learning point. And I think that's what it, well, he will learn and the talent around him, particularly on the offensive line and getting those receivers out there so they're together, not hurt. One week out, next week back. The, it's so much craziness going on there." But if it all comes together talent-wise around Jones, I myself have seen more than enough. I respect the, your opinion. You haven't. We'll see. But uh, the one thing that I think we have to get to at some point is, you know, when will you ever – I said this the other day, Todd, about you. I said, McShay, can, he can have three Super Bowl rings, and McShay still stays not sold on him. That's probably <laughs> the case. It may well be the case. Well, it's because of the talent. It no, wasn't Jones. It was all the true. talent that's around him, you know? I, I've made plenty of mistakes, and I, and I will admit all of them. You know that. Hey, Todd, well, we'll, I like well, we'll see, you know? I like that uh, Mel's new strategy is to hatchet you on a nationally televised Sports Center <laughs> special in primetime and then hey, apologize on the pod. Let me just say yeah, this. Yeah, let me no, just he, say buttered this. Me, he buttered that, me up and that, then, and then no, just started just, beating me down again. Why didn't you just send him an email? <laughs> I'll do emails. Uh, hey, hey, get Kim on the uh, phone. Uh, the computer was shut down, but it uh, wasn't working properly. But no, hey, hey, let me just say this. How many, how many cheap shots have you taken at me over the years? None. Oh, a hundred. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At least. Yes. Guys, so I, at least. For our listeners, it's that's, not That's why I said don't ever apologize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you know tomorrow there'll be another one coming from you. I did feel bad about that, so I just wanted to let you know that. Guys, Chase Young is he, – maybe he'll go one. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody Maybe somebody who, who doesn't need a quarterback gets into that spot. Mm-hmm. Chase Young is this rare prospect that he is the unassailable, maybe the best player in this draft, and – you know, there, it's it's just a weird concept. It, it speaks so much to where we are with quarterbacks, where you're like, well, clearly this guy's the best player in the draft. Is he going to go number one? I I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, it's not just that he's he's that. It's that you have this little lineage going on here with Joey Bosa, when healthy, a dominant NFL player. Nick Bosa comes out Pro Bowl level, maybe All Pro level, borderline as a rookie, and then you have Chase Young. And you say he's he's all of those things. Oh, and maybe he's got he's a little bit more explosive. I, I'm I'm already excited to see what his ten yard split is uh, when McShay sees it. <laughs> I mean, Todd, I think you've you've been on the record. You you said it yesterday. This is the best player in this draft. I mean, 
But again, it's based on positional value and based on if you can steal those rookie quarterback contract years, you know, like Seattle did with Russell Wilson and, and spread it around like Dallas has done with Dak Prescott. You're, you're getting something. But Chase Young, man, there's nothing that tells you that this guy can't just pop into the NFL and be, you know, a, a 40 knockdown, 12 sack player, right? I mean, let's be honest. If Vegas was putting out odds right now, it wouldn't even be close. It, it, quarterback's going to go number one to the Cincinnati Bengals, right? right. Local kid, great year. And forget even ju- just because it's quarterback yep. and because they, they need one, okay? If Burrow had done this for even two straight years, definitely for three straight years, or if Tua stayed healthy, I think it would be a lot easier. But I, I wonder... Let's put it this way. If I was sitting in the room, in that war room for the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm not saying that I would absolutely say we have to take Chase Young, on, in my opinion, and pound the table, but I'd say let's take a step back and let's really look at this thing. And I know Ryan Finley didn't look good and he's probably not the long-term answer, and Andy Dalton has been average at best over his career, but we got a chance to get one of the potentially one of the special players to play in this league. And it's the second most important position behind quarterback. It's not like we're talking about a guard or even a running back or a receiver. We're talking about a pass rusher. And Chase Young, and I, Mel, you know how much I love the Boses. And even when Mm -hmm. there are certain people telling me that the 40 time didn't match up and the 10-yard split sucked, Mm-hmm. And they're just not going to be the player that I think that they're going to be. I I never wavered on the Boses, and I think this guy's more talented, which says a lot. He has the highest grade that I've given to a, a defensive player since Von Miller. And so, I, when you're sitting in that room and making the decision, you've got to really take a step back and say, "All right, quarterbacks are fifty fifty at best." Are we going to pass on Chase Young, even though we? I know we need a quarterback? It's just an interesting debate, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that the, the teaching that goes on at Ohio State with Larry Johnson, how to develop mm-hmm. these kids are hand. You always said hands. Who used their hands better than anybody it was the Boses and Chase Young. So when you combine enormous talent with great technique and a great understanding of how to get the best of that offensive tackle trying to keep you away from that quarterback, and you hustle, and that number two is like an S, like Superman at times, then I think you do have a special player. And you're right, all those game wreckers that you can think of, Clowney, has he disappointed? The only thing was with him was, could he stay Not healthy? Really. He's yeah, he's great. been a great player. When he's healthy, he's a, he's a fear factor player. Clowney, Von Miller, Khalil Mack, the Boses. You think about Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's sack total over a three-year period at Texas A&M were only a half a sack more than Chase Young. Uh, Clowney's numbers weren't quite as good there. More tackles for loss, not as many sacks. So the numbers are right in line. The production's right in line. And all those game wreckers are guys that you thought would be, and they translated into that type of player. I always said the pass rushers normally, outside of a hiccup here and there or a disappointment here and there, most of those guys that you love coming outside have turned out to be as good as advertised. Guys, we got about five minutes left here. There's a, a flood of uh, tweets, questions coming in. I just want to kind of do a rapid fire, see if we can get through a handful of these, you know, 10, 15 second answer. I'm, I'm the producer in your ear, Todd. You can't go back at Mel, right? So let's just, let's <laughs> just hit a few of these. 
Um, John Bouchard asked... Don't, don't does, tell me that I don't know what I'm looking at. Right. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> Mel, where does Jonathan Taylor go? Not to the team, but give me a range. That's for me? Yeah. Second round. Second I, round. I, a great pure runner, uh, but the fact, and I said this yesterday, his receiving skills are just are better than they were. They've tried to work on it with him, but it's not ideal he he still and they've worked on this the ball security issues are there go back to the illinois game and some others even some balls that were fumbled that were recovered one was a, a wildcat situation where the handoff wasn't great so I, I kind of excuse that but he's got to get better from a ball security standpoint better catching the ball out of the backfield in this day and age in the nfl but as a pure runner he's outstanding he's a great kid uh, i'd say he's a solid second round pick maybe a late one but probably more of a two todd chandler puckett asked Think, uh, do you have over under five and a half receivers in the first round? He's already doing our props podcast, but you have five in your top, I think, 16 picks in the mock yesterday. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you, we're going to be talking about these quarterbacks and Chase Young, but it's the year of the receiver. What do you think, five and a half over for the first? Yeah, I'll go over. I'll go over. Hembo, our stats guy, sent me an email kind of questioning me, I think. <laughs> he was giving me perspective. He's like, you have eight? receivers in the first round you know that would be the most ever 2004 I think uh, was the year we had seven wide receivers in the first round I had eight in my first mock draft I'm not saying that there will be eight but I I think six is is pretty likely with this group I mean you look at the three guys from Alabama have a chance Um, you start to look down the line I think with the explosiveness from uh, LaVisca Chenault with T. Higgins, uh, Justin Jefferson, Chenault from Colorado, Higgins from Clemson, Jefferson from LSU. I, right there, you're looking at six, and, and I think there could be one or two more. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and by the way, there's, you know, there's, there's the pure explosiveness. You have some size options with Higgins and Chenault. It's like this class of wide receivers. It's kind of like there's this gra- it's this it's this buffet. Whatever you're looking for, there's one of them in there. You just want to a game wrecker and C D Lamb, especially after the year that uh, that Hollywood Brown it didn't. You know the Ravens. I mean, it's 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 amazing. The, the league is built for Michael Thomas size guys, and the league's built for Hollywood Brown. You can utilize all these guys. Yeah, I didn't mention I didn't mention Lamb, and he's probably going to be the second receiver taken after uh, yep. Jerry Judy, and then Ayuk from um, Arizona State is probably the most underrated receiver in this year's class. Yeah, and we haven't Mike mentioned Michael Pittman Jr. from USC. Yep. You know, KJ Hamler, Penn State. I don't know if he'll come out. Lynn Bowden, who ended up playing quarterback at Kentucky. Jalen Rager, TCU. I mean, this uh, Tyler Johnson, Minnesota. Minnesota, the list goes, this is the depth. And in 2014, guys, we did see five in the first, seven in the second. That was Jarvis Landry, right. Devontae Adams leading that mm-hmm. charge. Then in the third round that year, we had John Brown, who's had a great year. It's the third team, but a great year up in Buffalo. Was has been a really good player, but phenomenal for Josh Allen up in Buffalo this year. So that year, five, seven, and then John Brown in the third and some others uh, kind of kind of rivals this. But, uh, no, there's no doubt the NFL needs this. We haven't had it. Uh, now we have some elite guys, and we haven't you mentioned a guy that I, I, I loved. I don't know if you mentioned C.D. Lamb. I call him C.D.Y.A.C. Yeah, Todd's got him at six in the mock yeah. yesterday. Yeah, he's a phenomenal player. And uh, yeah, so hopefully he, uh, you know, he, everybody agrees on him. And you talk about now Judy, C.D. Lamb, probably both somewhere in that top five to ten. And we've been complaining the last few years. It's all defensive linemen and offensive linemen and all no. that. <laughs> Between the, it could be around seven receivers. Let's say over-unders three, uh, three quarterbacks. 
two or three running backs. I mean, you're talking now almost half of the first round will be offensive skill players, and we've we've been dying for this. It's been mm-hmm. it's been kind of a, a drought in terms of having all three positions in the same class. And, and by the way, the 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 top defensive player got to go to the Heisman ceremony. Every, you know, hey, yeah, you know, watch, wait, wait till the, wait till Ohio State gets on defense. You got to watch this guy. Yeah, that's that's it. Hey, uh, Sproul from Bristol uh, had a seated question from <laughs> Kuiper. Mel, where did uh, McShay go wrong in his mock yesterday? I know well, let me just really say this. excited to, to get going here. I think, and I'm not just saying this because I would never say it just to say it, but I think for a first mock draft, it was an excellent job wow. by McShay. Excellent job. I looked through it, and I was thinking, jeez. Wow, this made sense. This made it all made sense, and I think it flowed good. I didn't see anything crazy. The one player, and it's not a criticism of the mock because Tim really in, got to you yesterday. No, huh? no, no. This is prior to I was. I, I got to be fair here, Todd. Jeez. The worst thing you can do is try oh to be gosh, critical like when Mel you're not. Mel spoke to the priest last uh, night. It's Christmas <laughs> season, Todd. It's Christmas it's time. Like a confessional. <laughs> Merry Christmas, McShay. Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, that's my Merry Christmas to you. Great job. I look back. What would I? Would I have a big? And there's one player. And I don't have a problem where you have. Adam. I just have a problem trying to figure out the player, and I'll throw my hands up and say, "I don't know what kind of player this guy's going to be." And I don't. And he's the most frustrating player, and I just can't figure him out. I don't know if you can guess who I'm talking about. Ty's a defensive lineman, Raquan Davis. Raquan Davis. Davis. I can't think. Half a sack. He had he had seven and a half, eight with eight sacks back in 2007, eight and a half in 2017. Now he gets. He's the guy. He's not a nose tackle. But they like to say the other guys that were coming out with one sack. There's been others like Hand and others, but the, or Payne, I should say. Uh, but the bottom line is half a sack, only two sacks the last two years. I watch him, and he's hand fighting. He's not really doing much. He's not disruptive with that frame and the length. Uh, I just don't see enough dominance, enough disruptiveness for a guy who had who showed as a sophomore he could have eight and a half sacks and be a, a future star and a high draft choice. So I know you have in the first round, I think, the Jacksonville. I know that would be yeah, the 19. one team. I don't know about Jacksonville taking another D lineman. They need a corner, they need a safety, they need a wide receiver, they need an offensive lineman. Uh, I don't know if they will go that route, but it, just for the player, Todd, I can't figure out Raekwon Davis from Alabama. You know, I, I struggled with that one. I'll be honest with you. I, they, there just wasn't an offensive lineman that I love there. Um, I wanted to give him someone on the How about inside. A corner? Yeah. Was there a corner at that spot, though? I mean, oh, maybe, anyway, Fulton, no, I, maybe, I, maybe I, Christian Fulton, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think he's more of a second rounder, but I get you. Uh, Bryce Hall, if, if he's healthy, yeah. he's a f- first round talent. But, um, you know, Marvin Wilson from Florida State would have made some sense. He's just, I, Raekwon is a physical freak. Yeah. He loves the game. He he got lost last year with some bad. He's a follower, not a leader. Let's just I'm just going to be honest with you, and I, and I think he would if he was listening to this right now, he would probably nod his head and say, "Yeah, you know what? You're right." Um, he's he's such a good dude. He's such a physical talent. I think there's a lot of potential there. I see it. It's just. It, it, and you saw it two years ago, mm-hmm. but last year I think he was following the wrong people, and things fell apart in that defensive line. This year he played better, but you know they don't ask those. In, you know they're playing kind of the interior for the majority of the time. They don't ask those guys to do a lot of the pass rushing. It's more about holding the gaps and and playing part of the team discipline game. So. I don't know. I see potential, but I completely understand where you're coming from. You know, Todd, a name that pops up, different type of player, a little bit, but similar spot. Jordan Phillips out of Oklahoma, 
was 6'6", 340, doing backflips, and then you would watch a half of football and you'd say, I don't even, I don't even see if Jordan Phillips made a play. Raekwon's got a little bit of that where the best version of him, and by the way, the Buffalo Bills are now getting the best version of Jordan Phillips. He's yep. basically been a Pro Bowl-type guy this year for that team because the light came on, but Raekwon's a little bit like that. Obvious physical freak. Matt Bowen, who works with us, told me that he he would draft Raekwon and just have him uh, be go. He'd say, "Raekwon, I want you to go stand at midfield and warm ups with your <laughs> with cutoffs on, <laughs> just to mess yeah, with the other I mean, team. That's, like that's you don't want to play against Raekwon Davis, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's just not there." Yeah, Jordan Phillips had some some um, off the field issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Raekwon doesn't really he doesn't he's a good like i said he's a good dude he just you know it was interesting talking to him for a while and he he said you know my coaches told me i wasn't playing well last year uh i had position coaches telling me i had i had coach saban telling me but then my my family started saying what's going on man you're not the same guy he's like that really hit home he's like and that's why i'm back this year he's like i could have gone out last year and been you know a first or second round pick but I just I, I didn't want to disgrace my family like I did a year ago. And I, I just I don't know. I, I saw some maturity in him. And I'm, I'm just hoping for him that he continues to mature and, and kind of turn things around. You know what, Todd? He's like a 22-year-old Mel Kuyper. He just needs to come out of his shell a little bit. Yeah, he, he needs a McShay in his life. To <laughs> he needs a McShay. Yeah, like McShay's that fire. Uh, <laughs> spurring on everybody. I was actually here. sweating yesterday during that show. I would, I'd never sweat, but after he made the Daniel Jones comment, I was like sweating, and it wasn't even hot. I always you know. sweat, and I wasn't yesterday. Uh, hey, by the way, real, real quick, guys. It's already December, yeah. and Mel's rocking and sweating. While yeah, I'm rocking talks. like crazy. But there's real quick, to get, just to get it, and I think this is a player that we thought we'd be talking about in the first round. <laughs> Let me just see if you can guess this guy, Todd. And Chris. Okay. Be a little trivia. Our listeners, try to play along here. Okay. Uh, a little holiday trivia. Uh, the guy that we thought could be in the first round, he plays a tight end that's kind of been phased out a little bit, but it's coming back in vogue. Uh, he caught 50 passes last year, had a brilliant year. The offensive coordinator moved on. Uh, they didn't throw him the ball this year. I think he caught like 15 passes. There were some games where I saw him with third down, set up for a third and seven at eight, ten yards, standing there wide open in the middle of the field. The quarterback throws it to the outside. He's sitting there, hey, how about me? Uh, mm-hmm. a pretty good play. Well, he's going to the senior bowl. Yeah, that's got to be a big week for him. He's not considered a first round pick now because you know he had he went from fifty catches to fifteen. I think he went from like seven, eight touchdowns down to like one or zero. Who am I talking about, Todd? Ooh. I'm running through the list, Chris. I'm trying to think, listeners. Is it, is it Iowa? Where? I mean, I'm trying to think. No, Iowa had the two last year, or even LSU. No, LSU's got Moss, Bama. and and then the 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 other guy. I think he's going to the senior bowl. Non-bowl team. Did not go to a bowl. Oof, Some players geez. went back on offense, and it didn't come together. Three players actually went back for another year. A wide receiver, running back, and this particular player. It just never came together. The quarterback was an issue. Now, the quarterback that moved on wasn't great, but he was a lot better than what they had. They thought a transfer would be the guy. It didn't turn out to be the case. You're trying so, to hand this to me, and I still don't know him, Mel. I know. The major power oh. conference. Tight end. Michigan the elite conference in the in college football is what? SEC. Uh-huh. Tight end, Jared Pinckney. Huh. Oh, oh, yeah. 
I can't. Jared Pinkney had a year which you thought. I still have him as the number one tight end, but yeah, I, yeah, I do too. Yeah, but well, but it not is first round. You don't have a t- tight end in the first yeah, not round, first really. round. And you thought going into the year after having fifty catches last year with Andy Ludwig, who moved on to Utah, where he had been to be their coordinator. Yeah. Okay, he had fifty catches for a 15-5 average and seven touchdowns. This year, he went down to 15, like four or five games. He didn't have a catch. What's he going to run, Mel? I don't, he's a big guy. He can move. I mean, he's an athletic kid. He showed last year how good he he's. Yeah, he'll be a guy. I think people are going to look at him mobile. I talked to, to Nagy, Jim Nagy. Came when he's, he's yeah. going to mobile. It's going to be a big week, Todd, down there for him to kind of resurface as a guy that people kind of maybe got a little down on this year. But I don't think he had anything to do with that. I, it's, I watched games where he was open, but they wouldn't. I don't get that. Uh, Urban Meyer always said, he's, I heard him say it this year. I keep a little paper in my pocket. He said, have you ever seen me pull it out? It says, I'm bullet point. And one is make sure my great players are getting the ball. Like midway through the first quarter, late first quarter, early second quarter, make sure my great players are getting the ball. And if they weren't, he went to that position, goes, get them the ball. And yeah, that's he something always, where he, he just, Jared Pinkney should have been number. targeted seven to ten times a game, should have had a minimum of five, six catches a game. And how that didn't happen is beyond me. Exact conversation per, with him, Percy Harvin. Oh, he had one touch in the first half. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Let's Jet go. Sweep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I heard him say that. He was interviewed. Urban said, yeah, I have the, I pulled that as just to remind me. Get your great players the ball. If you don't, there's no excuse for that. And he would go and to him and say, no, change that. I would look at it every yeah. single time yeah. he would tell yeah. me. Every yeah. single time I'd look at yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great point to make. And you know what? It makes sense. Even with Urban not calling, like when Tom Herman, Herman mm-hmm. was running, calling the offense. Yep. Even in those situations, like the thing that Urban does best, you know, on top of like the leadership and the CEO mm-hmm. stuff, but like game day. Oh, yeah. Is knowing, hey, this drive, it's it's all about handing the ball off to Zeke or yep. getting the ball to Percy. Like we we got to get this guy the ball. Hey, a great coach for a reason. Okay, it's a, everybody knows football, the coaches. But why is Urban Meyer one of the greatest of all time? Uh, right there with Nick Saban and others is because of that. And I think also you hear coaches sometimes say, "Well, the, why, why didn't you get this guy?" Well, the game got away from me a little bit. You know, they, they were they were they were rolling the coverage that way. They were taking him at it. No, you don't allow that to happen. And, and you make sure you it's a, it's a point of emphasis to do Checks that. And and like he's, they, they said, though, what if the what if the coach what if the coach didn't adjust and get a, well, the coach wouldn't be working for me. <laughs> When work for me, that didn't like, like they did. Everyone looked at it and said, "Yeah, they did. Believe me, they did what I told them to do. They got those guys the ball." No, don't they say, what, what they he, fi- he he fired he fired at least ten coaches during <laughs> a, a given season, and then and then rehired him when the game was over. <laughs> guys, uh, we we uh, is he going to take the Redskins job? Ooh, that was that's, interesting. That's uh, it's uh, been a lot of interesting things with Urban I with don't Dallas. Even want to call him this week. You first I, was you first was everybody. Had, I don't want to ask him. Everybody had him at USC. That didn't happen. Then Clay Helton's back. And I think USC can be a really good team next year from all those young players they have coming along. But I think you look at Dallas, bring everybody brings up Lincoln Riley and Urban there, but that probably won't happen. Who knows? And now you hear about the Redskins. I don't know, but Urban Meyer. All I, we can, I think say we can all agree. And, and great I, I might get in trouble for this. I'm, mm-hmm. And I will, I will talk to Urban this week, and I will tell him this. I think it would be a massive mistake to go take that Washington Redskins job. I think the the leadership structure is is a disaster there, and you know with his health and the issues that he was going through just just a year ago, anyone I would tell this to, but especially his situation, 
I just I don't see the upside there. I like it. I like it, Todd. And I, I know Dan Snyder, okay? And I think there's a, a point in time Snyder where everybody – Everybody – no, no, that's not happening. There's a point in time where everything has to change, and people will change and evolve. And, and I think that's a, a coming with the Redskins organization. Well, then organization. you need Dan Snyder to allow your general manager to make decisions. You need right. to hire a general general manager mm-hmm. who, who understands personnel. Maybe right. it's you, Kipe. And nope. then, and yep. then you can bring in an Urban Meyer right. who, who then can have success. Exactly. But can, under the current structure, right, I it, agree. It would be very concerning, you know, advising a friend. I would think the current structure will change. Urban Meyer, you have Dwayne Haskins, his quarterback. Terry McLaurin, receiver, had a heck of a year. Yep. Uh, remember, I was talking about McLaurin for the first round last year at some point, and uh, McLaurin had a great that in year. There. And yeah, well, it was a fact, but uh, you know, and then I think I had him in the first round in one mock. I think I did. <laughs> yeah, uh, but in terms of there's some, and he has all those Alabama it's players. A, this huh? is a holiday podcast. I yeah. Oh nice. my god, a lot of Alabama we start, players. We started with Joe Burrow, and now we're going back to I mean, um, Mel talking up uh, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, yeah, he had a heck of a I, year. I, he did have a heck I of a intro- year. I, I introduced him to McLaurin and to Josh Allen, and now he and now it's like he raised them as children. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> Josh we're Allen we're in, especially. We're in mid. <laughs> An Christmas. insanity for Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> guys, uh, Merry Christmas, guys it's been fun. We started with Joe Burrow and ended uh, predictably in the Urban Meyer uh, coaching carousel. So we're in midseason chaos form, which is good, which is good. Um, that's first draft for this week. I think we're going to be we'll be back after the holidays when Mel's under the gun um, doing his first mock. And uh, hopefully he can find a way to get a tight end in the first round. <laughs> He's, he's piling up some tape here today. Todd, happy holidays. Mel, the same. Merry Christmas. Try not to uh, try not to insult Todd over the holiday break. Merry Christmas, Todd. Tell, tell Kim I love her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is the best. She is we'll the do best. it. We'll do it again in a few weeks, guys. Um, but that's happy first trap for this so week. Well. I'm Chris. Mel, Todd. That's a wrap. Thanks for downloading this week's edition of First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out the Pod Center page at ESPNRadio.com.